And I'm Kirsten, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast. podcast. We are the Sleuth Sisters. Sisters. <laughs> that was beautiful. Maddie, should we introduce ourselves a little bit, uh, talk about the podcast, and then hop into the case? Hop into the case. I think so. so this is the Sleuth Sisters podcast. Uh, we're coming to you guys with true crime stories, uh, murders, uh, maybe some mysteries. Maybe some conspiracy theories. That was your original idea theories yeah, yeah. I, I almost forgot about that too but i was thinking about that the other day yeah um any anything mystery thriller related uh that is us even mystery thriller thriller books yeah maybe. we'll do a book review yeah why not but i would say probably what would you say man the majority of this will be true true crime, true crime cases yeah yeah just a little bit about us how we got into true crime um we our mom she passed away um rip stop <laughs> and, which her her passing was kind of mysterious very mysterious yeah honestly I mean, one episode we should explain not, that not mysterious but kind of sus kind of uh intriguing yeah or as i am you would say sus like you said yeah sus, sus. um so yeah maybe actually one episode we should that could be our conspiracy theory that. yeah see what one. everyone else thinks about that that would be cool yeah we'll, we'll see what everybody else uh what what everyone else thinks about that um so anyway we all kind of like have this um our mom really loved the id channel investigation loved discovery loved it that, that was kind of like our comfort yeah. channel whenever we all were together we were always watching it um and then when she passed maddie and i um we did a lot of driving between states uh virginia and maryland back and forth yeah because she lived in the in virginia at the time i lived in maryland um, so anyway, there's a lot of back and forth driving, a lot of long car rides, a lot of traffic, and sitting Maddie in that silence while th- remembering like our parents, our parent, well, my parent, your parents are dead. Yeah. And so that just like kind of numbed the silenceness. Yeah, but then also, you know, we would listen to crime podcasts. Yeah. And. Traffic while driving. <laughs> yes. So I think we bonded a little over that as well, and I think that kind of. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, um, but I think that keeps the memory of mom alive, at least. For sure. Um, So that's why we're doing this. Um, I guess we want to do a little bit about ourselves. Yes. Well, I mean, together as a group, we are actually four sisters. Yes. I'm the oldest. And I'm the youngest. And she's the youngest. (laughs) So I'm 30. And Maddie, I'm, you're I'm 15. 15. So yeah, we're, we're half each other's age. That's crazy. Uh, isn't that I, weird? I, when I was 15 and she was born, I was babysitting. I was changing diapers. <laughs> I was yeah. rocking. I think that's so weird. Like, you remember me when I was a baby. Yeah. And now here I am. That's just so weird to me. There you are. <laughs> like, I can't think about that with Iomi. I just can't. Um, And then also, we share a love for not only crime... But Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, 100%. I will say, I am the original Swifty. Yeah, but I was born into it. So anyway, but now we're both Swifties. So a little bit about myself, personally. Um, My name is Kirsten. I am 30. I'm a Taurus, through and through. Uh, I have a beautiful son who's six years old. And he is just the best thing. He he is just the best thing. Um, I also have a... English Bulldog, who is, he is with us right now in the room. and About well, 60 years side. old. 
And um, was he turning nine next year or ten? About like 60, 75. Uh, he might be turning ten. No, he was just seven. I have an English bulldog named Tucker, and he is just a meatball, and I love him. But we call him Bubby, uh, so. We call him Bubby. Um, my day job, well, really my night job, is I'm a nurse. I work night shifts. And I have a lot of uh, side hustles in the works going side on. Side quest. Side quest. That's a new little term. I should give you updates on like terms all the time to keep you hip. Yeah. That would be hip. cool. Keep me hip with it. Yeah. Not a regular mom. I'm a cool oh, mom. Oh, God. Anyway. So, yeah, I got a couple side quests going on. Um, yeah, I guess that's really it about me, Maddie. I'm going to do a little bit about you. Um, I love animals. My biggest passion is animals. I have two bunnies right now, Thor and Loki. So bad, but I love them. And I have my baby girl, Mavis. She's a king corso. She's so big. I love her. Um, I'm currently in 10th grade. I'm in virtual school. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty laid back, boring. I do, like, a lot of spontaneous random stuff all the time. Like, I would just pull random stuff. And just start, like, the podcast. Oh, I had a pod- random thought, and yeah. I just told you about it. I was it, a random like, thought ran with it. Yeah, we just <laughs> literally ran with it. Here we are. <laughs> Most of the things, though, that I do randomly come up with, I don't stay consistent with. But this, I hope we do. I'm trying to hold Kirsten more accountable to it, because this is something I've always really wanted to do. Yeah. I've always wanted to do a podcast, too. So I think yeah. this is good. Yeah. And um, me and Kirsten, we live about, like, 30, 40 minutes from each other currently. Yeah, so yeah. Maddie lives with our, our grandmother, yeah. our maternal grandmother, and um, well, yeah, we see each other. A lot. I think a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's good to have you close. Yeah. And, um, Same for you. Like, mom was the glue of the family, and now Kirsten so quickly took on that role, and you're doing a yeah. good job with it, so. Thank you. I appreciate that. You don't get that a lot, but you are. I I appreciate that, Madison. You're welcome. But I mean, it, it just happened so quickly, and like you didn't have no time to prepare to become the glue, and you just sprung into action. Yeah. You, you glow, girl. I think it's just the older sister in me. The Definitely. Child, Definitely. Eldest child syndrome there, but it's okay. And I love you, girl. We love you, too. Um, And... As a family, we love to vacation a lot. Yeah. How cool would it be, like, one di- one year when we're on our vacation, we're just on some beach, and we just film our podcast right there? That'd be nice. That would be cool. That would be lit. Litty. Litty? Is that still Litty. a thing? Yeah, that is. That would be... Well, you have to fly, though. That's the issue. Oh, fly! We can drive. What are you talking about? <laughs> to learn to fly. Kirsten, that's it. not going to happen. Honestly, I don't see that happening. We'll see. Well, um, when we were brainstorming our podcast, we thought of, like, little things that we wanted to keep in our regimen, and we thought about something called Sassy Sister Sessions, where, like, we kind of update each other on the tea for the week or whatever's going on in our life for that moment. So, do you kind of want to start us off with that for our first episode today? Yeah, so, um, I guess my little tea for the week is... I so I've been a nurse for nine years, Damn. and I just um, got a new permanent position. I was like a internal travel nurse, if you will. Um, 
But now I got a permanent position on this unit that I absolutely love um, in pediatrics. I'm not going to say the hospital or the unit, but I just, I definitely have found my people. I found my patient population. Yeah. Um, Even on my worst days, the next day I go to work happy and refreshed. That's good. Um, And so I'm really excited about that. And I feel like I really have started to make some really true friends. Good. Um, so that's good. And then also, uh, I have bad plantar fasciitis and I just started dry needling, which it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my feet are feeling so much better. That's, that's good to hear. Like they were, I, you, you saw me the other lit day. Yeah. Like, I was crawl- like, I could have barely walk. I was like crawling, um, like 15 out of 10 pain. Now my one foot, one out of 10. And then my other really? foot. Like today, only like a five out of ten. So that's good. I don't know if that's TMI, but try dry needling. To, and I'm going to tell my son that I'm the new Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, what's your tea for the week, Maddie? Oh, my tea for the week. I don't know. Um, what about we saw a movie together? We did see the FNAF, as my teacher calls FNAF. it, FNAF movie. That, that was a fun time with you. This little girl oh, was there. Um, <laughs> first of all, what the heck was that movie? Like, honestly, it was yeah. a fever. To that be was completely really weird. Like, it was weird. Very. And spoiler alert, like, not really spoiler alert, but, like, at one point, they had you, like, feeling real sorry for these animatronics. Yeah. Like, I kind of felt for them almost. Yeah, like we were rooting for, for the anti-hero. Yeah, they, yes, they were anti-heroes. Um, yeah, I don't know what the heck that was. That was and so those, weird. Ugh, those rowdy kids up there. there. Were no, there was like a like a, like a five-year-old, maybe like a seven-year-old. Oh yeah, and, and then a, a and a baby, a little baby, yeah. and the little girl. It wasn't even like a scary part. It was like. Like a little sound this effect. This wasn't in the movie. These are the people at the movie theater. Yes, this was the people at the movie theater. And like a little sound effect went off and like tried to scare us and whatever. And the little girl said, Yup, I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. <laughs> Kirsten, all, we're in the back of the theater and these people are all the way at the front. She goes, Yeah, I bet you are. You're like freaking five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What the heck? Are, what the heck are you doing there? And it was like 9.30 at night. It was really late. Like, no, it was, no, it was like 10. Yeah, like, what about little girl? Also, the fact that we thought we were going to have time to go to Applebee's at 11 p.m., but then tell me why this movie was three effing hours. hours. Literally. Just about, almost. It was almost about the same time as the Aerosmith movie. It felt really long. Like, it did not need to be that long. At all. It should not have been that long. At all. So, anyway. Oh, um, lately, I've been having really, really bad anxiety. Like, anxiety that's waking me up out of my sleep and I only had this like once before where it's waking me out of my sleep and I'm a panic girly I always have panic attacks but it's been really really bad lately I haven't been getting sleep and so I've really been struggling I went to bed last night around like 4 a.m back up at 7 so um well Kirsten I'm happy to be doing this with you brother (laughs) yes brother curtain rod (laughs) <laughs> Matsuval <laughs> Meringue. Oh, killing me. All right, before we dive in, I just want to say on a more of a serious note, um, I just want um 
to say to everybody listening, we are not trying to glamorize um, killers or murderers, whatever you want to call them. Um, We're not turning somebody's tragedy into entertainment. Um, This is purely for um, raising awareness for these families and for these victims. Um, And by sharing stories, oftentimes we learn lessons uh, and hopefully we could help prevent another tragedy like happening. Um, So of course there'll be a lot of, you know, heavy, heavy subjects and Maddie, um, we'll make sure cause she's doing all the research to include links and numbers to um, the proper resources for those episodes. Um, yeah. So like, we like to have fun in the beginning, yeah. start off positive. Um, but yeah, I just want to, you know, have it known that this isn't a joke to us. We don't take this lightly. Yeah. Um, these are people's actual lives, um, actual tragedies that have happened and um, it will handle it delicately so all right all right so today's case sources include irishtimes.com find a find a and murderpedia.org okay so pause Did you I, guys murdering? guys guys we're gonna predict a 15 minute conversation on how kirsten's an ireland girl through and through go ahead kirsten say what you're gonna say so before we begin, I forgot to add a little bit about me. I love Ireland. I think I was probably there in a past life. Like that was probably my home in a past life. Um, I went there over the summer last year and it was a life-changing experience and I'm forever trying to get back over there again. Um, wow. I literally made going to Ireland my whole personality. Literally did. Literally it's did. Passwords. It was my birthday cake. Oh and my- I got a tattoo. <laughs> like <laughs> it's bad. Oh my god. Literally it literally is. <laughs> oh my god. Continue. So our case starts in Waterford County. And Waterford County is stationed in Mon- you went there? Uh no, but I know of that area. Yeah. Waterford County is st- stationed in Munster, Ireland, which is about a 40-minute drive to Kilkenny, which I know you were at. Yes, I was at Kilkenny. Yes, you were. I remember when you were there, I kept looking at the time zones to see what time it was for you. Six hours ahead over there. Uh, Waterford is characterized by its picturesque landscape featuring stunning coastline, rolling hills, historic architecture, and its infamous charming farmlands. I was actually looking to move there. That's To Waterford? Place yeah, to move. That's actually it beautiful. It is. Yeah. I did look. It's very. And it's beautiful. very family friendly oriented. Yeah. Um, but it's actually UK territory. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's Northern Ireland. This is Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm in the wrong place then. Or maybe through the years it changed because uh, today's story does take place in the 19, 1899 and then 1900s. Oh wow. Okay. All yeah. right. Continue. But, yeah, we'll talk about that later, because I actually learned. Farming was the main way people survived to make money and support their families. In the 1890s, agriculture was the economic backbone of this Irish countryside. It was just enough to get families fed and sheltered. 
However, this low income for farming couldn't however, this low income from farming couldn't quite quench Patrick Dunphy's thirst for greater wealth. Dunphy, as yes. in Phil Dunphy from as Modern in, yes, Family. As in Phil Dunphy. As in that was also a comfort show with it her was. mom. I yeah. weirdly I was actually watching it today because Impractical Jokers wasn't on. Alright, so Patrick Dunphy. Yes. On September 29th. 1899, Edward or Eddie Dunphy left his small home he shared with his seven siblings and his father in the early morning to run around and play with neighbors. Eddie and his neighbors played until he was ready to return home. Mary, one of the older girls in the Dunphy family, was doing her daily chores around the farm when she heard soft cries. It was midday and most of the kids were in the house, so what was around the corner crying? Wait, I'm sorry. Is Patrick Dunphy the dad? Yes, he's the dad of all okay. the seven children. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Um, Mary walked a short distance around the house and found nine-year-old Eddie gripping the iron bars that protected the window of their old tiny home on Yellow Road. Mary was in shock. Her brother was out here alone, crying, slumped over in pain. With all her strength, she dragged Eddie back into the home, screaming for help. This oh whole God. situation was weird. Eddie had felt fine this morning. So, why is this happening? Eddie was throwing up and clutching his stomach. No, Yeah. No doctor was coming out to the countryside at this time, so Patrick, the father, told Mary to take him to bed and and let him sleep off whatever this was. Red flag, red flag's waving. Yeah, that's a red flag, because as a parent, Mm -hmm. if my child was in that much pain, like, I'd be going to the, well, because I'm a nurse, probably wouldn't be on. I'd be more concerned than yeah. just, like, sleep. Oh, go sleep, yeah. Yeah, and if he was really in a lot of pain, I'd be going to the emergency room. Yeah. And I know they don't have the emergency room, but right. at least showing concern back then, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, yeah. He just, like, yeah. Patrick pushed it aside, like, oh, it'll, it'll go yeah. away. Uh-oh. Yeah. A few hours later, Eddie was having these fits of convulsions, so Mary held him tight as he clenched his fist into firm balls. He oh. passed away in our arms. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was just within hours. Within hours. So he had to have been poisoned. Why do you think that? Well, I'm assuming, because he okay. wasn't bloody or anything, right? Yeah, not bloody, nothing like that. Just throwing not, up. And was, we're back in the 1800s, so there's not much. Okay. I feel like back then, I don't know, you hear a lot of stories about a lot of poisoning. Poisoning, yeah. I agree. You know? Like, that was the go-to murder. Murder method, method yeah. Murder method. method, method. method. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... This was the second death in the Dunphy house in the same year. Patrick's wife had also passed away from cancer in early April, leaving all the children without their mother. Wait, his wife passed away from cancer? Cancer, yeah. Early April. Early April. Was it definite cancer? Yeah. Like, it was, oh. like she, she, she had been sick. But it wasn't suspicious? No, she had been sick. Okay. 74-year-old Patrick. So Patrick is 74 at this, at, at this time. He's old, yeah. Gravy. He was the head of the house. Q, fuck the patriarchy. You know, Taylor Swift. Facts. Uh, Mary was left to be the woman of the house, taking on the household chores. She tended to all the children and did all the housework and found it so odd Eddie passed away without warning. So they had his funeral. It was just a normal service, just the family on the farm. Mm-hmm. And two months later in December, Patrick's worries about the financial situation had worsened. The eldest son, Patrick Jr., had lost his job in town setting the family back by a lot. So after Eddie's passing, the 11-year-old boy, 11-year-old John, another one of the sons, his brother, yeah, um, went to stay with neighbors closer in town 
so he could become a messenger and make more money for his family. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when I say Patrick, I, I t- I'm talking about Patrick Sr. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, not Patrick Jr. Um, but John went back home early in December to spend the holidays with the family. And on the morning of December 19th, this is less than 12 weeks after Eddie's death, John woke up excited like a kid on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because the night before, Patrick promised that they would venture out to the town and buy John some new clothes since he had been making good money as a messenger. They arrived in the city at around 12.30 p.m. They were touring the mall and arrived at the Adelphi Hotel to visit Cooney's pub. Patrick had half a glass of whiskey and ordered a bottle of lemonade for John, who was still outside of the hotel. He was just standing out front. Um, they assumed he was, like, selling papers at that time, doing something okay. like that. Yeah. Once John entered the pub, because Patrick called him in, he gave mm-hmm. him the bottle of lemonade. John drank it all and then headed back outside and wandered around. At around 2 p.m., a civilian found John laying against the door of an engraver's home. Sound That's familiar? That's Sound yeah. familiar? The, the civilian described the scene as so. He laid there with his limbs stiff and rigid, his eyeballs oh. staring, staring out of his head, and his hands working as if in a fit. He could not stop. The perspiration was breaking out on his forehead, and while all this was going on, the father was standing some 40 or 50 yards away. Oh my gosh, yeah. that sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> John was rushed to the city infirmary, where he was pronounced dead on arrival. Oh. Yeah, so even quicker than Eddie Yeah. passed. Uh, doctors were immediately intrigued by his death. They had all believed he had been poisoned by strychnine. Also, the fact that he was actually at a hospital now. Yeah. They're probably going to do an autopsy. But, like, I'm sure they don't have, like, it's, they're obviously not technologically advanced. It's the early 1900s at this point. Well, don't jump too far ahead with your insinuations. But the fact that, like, more people are aware that he died under suspicious circumstances. Yes. As opposed to just the family being aware. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Patrick argued their insinuation, saying it was bound to happen. His mother and his brother both died from these fits. Patrick left the hospital, insisting it was all natural and he needed to inform his family. Which was a lie. The wife confirmed she was confirmed to have died from cancer, not from fits. Hmm. Eddie, however, did die the same way, but... Oh, so he's saying, oh no, like, his wife died of the same thing. Like, it's genetic, yeah. Like, this was gonna happen at some point. Yeah. Patrick told the remaining family members, and cries immediately broke out. How could this happen? He was just fine. We were only a few days from Christmas, Mary kept repeating to herself. Which is really sad. That's so sad. Yeah. While medical examiners turned the body onto its side, a dark liquid poured from John's mouth, staining the sheet. The doctors decided this liquid could be the answer to their big questions, and and it needed to be analyzed. They cut a sample of it and packaged it along with John's organs and jars, and they sent it to an analyst in Dublin. (laughs) (laughs) The medical analyst... Sorry. Sorry. The medical analyst confirmed it was indeed strychnine. But, like, I'm sorry, what tests are they running in 1899? That's a good question, but it was confirmed to be it. Okay. Science fascinates me, especially, like, old-time science. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever thought about what it would be like to have surgery back in, like, 1970? I always think about them. No. I would have opted I not to. Opt- yeah. <laughs> like, no. That was 
such a what a time anyway like i think we were born i think we're all put in the right times for a reason yeah like my anxiety could not handle that (laughs) untechnological advance back then but uh i i think their science was advanced enough to understand that and run tests i don't know yeah they probably had like chemical tests or something i don't know so if you're like me you probably don't know what strychnine is no it served many purposes during that time. It was used as a medical tonic, believed to restore health and vitality, not confirmed, though. It was also used as a potent rat poison. Oh, there it is. A pesticide for crops and recre- recreationally used for stimulating hallucinogenic effects. Are you Wow, what a wide range of uh, <laughs> right? things there. Literally. So the analyst found he had three grains of strychnine in his in his system, in his stomach specifically. You mean grams? No, grains. That's how they measured back then, apparently. Oh, okay. Grains, yeah. And, and it's in Europe, so they do count differently. Probably an old-time thing. Yeah. Continue. The lethal amount for a boy John's size was one-third of a grain. He had three. Oh, wow. So strychnine was supposed to be administered to John. He succeeded the proper amount. And the doctors would have known if he was supposed to have taken it. This case now needed to be turned over to the Waterford County Police Department. How can people get this? Were they able to just buy it at the store? Did they need a prescription for it? We will get there. Okay, sorry. Yes. No, you're fine. Patrick was arrested later that week. In the following month, he stood trial at the Waterford Spring Assize. At the trial, Patrick's motives were identified when evidence of Patrick ensuring his children... For modest sums surface. Records show 30 oh, minutes. Oh, he murdered his children. Yes. All of them. So who knows how many more oh, might have possibly died. Yeah. Records show 30 minutes after Eddie passed last in the last September, Patrick collected the payout. Only 30 minutes after. Wow. So if he could have went into town to go collect that payout, he could have taken him to the infirmary. Yeah. The amount he also, I want. Sorry, yeah. I wonder what the process is to like get that money back then. Yeah, because like it's you gotta jump through hoops when like yeah. a relative dies nowadays. Yeah, like you know, courts involved. Well, you'll see how involved. you will see how unorganized it was in a second here. Yeah, and do you know how much they were insured for? Yeah, so the amount he received was nine euros. For Eddie. I wonder what that was, what that would be today. Let me look it up. So one dollar in or eighteen ninety nine is equivalent to thirty seven dollars. Wow. So that's dollars though. So euros is a little less, but let's just say dollars for this. Yeah. It's only three hundred thirty three dollars. That's got to be a lot back then. Think about how cheap stuff was. That, yeah, that had to have gone pretty far back then. All right, continue. So he received nine euros. However, Patrick was only on trial for murdering John, not Eddie. The prosecution argued the defense's stance and had Eddie's body exhumed. Mind you, the body was buried on the family land. Mm. No one would have, you know, cared to have gone there. That's what I'm saying. He done messed up by inviting him out to the city. Yeah. Um... And the same analyst that confirmed the strychnine in John, he mm-hmm. analyzed he analyzed the contents of Eddie's stomach, confirming the presence of strychnine. But, oddly, when Eddie's coffin was taken from the ground, the breastplate read John Dunphy. So, what? 
When Patrick planned this murder, he wanted it to be John originally. But if you remember, John had been staying with neighbors. Yeah. So the morning Eddie went to grab his meal, Patrick had poisoned it with strychnine. Then he went out, played with his neighbors, came back, and passed out once he got to the home. Mm. Once Eddie passed, Patrick took him to town and told the worker at the office of Prudential of the Prudential Company, he told the agent John had died. The agent did not question him. He apologized and said sorry for your condolences. Patrick had so many kids. You were lucky to remember to remember their names, let alone a face. So Patrick kept up with this lie when he went to the undertaker. Guess for how much he kept up this lie for? How much more money? How much? One euro. The difference in John and Eddie was one euro. Wow. So for John's John's death, really Eddie's body, ten euros. For Eddie's body, really John, Mm -hmm. nine. That's sickening. Yeah. I I mean, any amount of money would be sickening. Yeah. Especially that. That's crazy. This money was still not enough for Patrick. So when he heard John was coming home from the holidays, he knew John had to die. But be known as Eddie, so he could collect the nine euros. When Patrick and John were at Cooney's pub, he spiked John's lemonade while he was outside and called him inside to drink it. John drank it all, and then he went back outside. And then that's when Patrick left the pub and made sure John actually did die from a distance. Despite Patrick's work, he was not able to collect the money for Eddie, which was really John. And during the trial, the Solicitor General said it was an altogether startling crime. It had dartled the city of Waterford. The prisoner had laid aside all instincts of humanity, all instincts that a father should have for his son, because for a paltry consideration he had robbed his children of that life. He had robbed his child of the life that had been given to it. The insurance of children made them an asset in the light of parents who were monsters, and Mm. converted them into something out of which money could be made. Wow. Patrick, of course, protested, protested his innocence, the prosecution had the shopkeeper testify. So this is how he got the strychnine. The shopkeepers recall Patrick purchasing two t- two lots of strychnine. The first lot he bought back in September. He told them it was for rats in the house. The second mm. lot he bought in December. He said he needed it for a dog that had been barking in the night and keeping him from sleep. During the trial, he changed his reasoning for needing the strychnine. He said it was for a poultice for his leg. He claimed the poultice had sugar in it and assumed the boys must have taken sips when he was not home. Okay. Mm-hmm. The defense gathered testimonies from each of Patrick's remaining children. They all wow. had similar testimonies, stating Patrick always treated them well and he was kind and affectionate. Oh. However, each child never recalled rats in the home or a dog nearby. (laughs) However, Mary's testimony mattered most. She expressed she did most of the housework and not once encountered a rat, nor a loud dog. She explained both boys were in amazing health leading up to their death and never had fits, as Patrick claimed. You go, Mary. (laughs) With this, the jury found Patrick Dunphy guilty of the murder of his son, John. And the judge sentenced him to death by hanging on April 10th, 1900. Wow. So he did not... He wasn't found guilty guilty for the murder. For Eddie. Eddie. Yes. With Patrick being 74, he was considered to be of an extreme age. A petition for reprieve was sent to the Lord Lieutenant. They were seeking the sentence of penal servitude of the life Patrick had left. 
Patrick's hanging was scheduled at the same time Queen Victoria was visiting. She was visiting because this part of Ireland is considered the UK, which I actually didn't learn through this case. I actually learned in history. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know Ireland's considered yeah, the UK. Yeah, there's a lot of history between the UK and Ireland. Never knew that. I didn't know that either before I went there. She arrived in Dublin on April 4th. With this being such an important occasion, those seeking the reprieve saw it likely to work. However, the Lord Lieutenant did not agree. He insisted the law must be able to take its course, owing it to the exceptionally cold-blooded circumstances attending the crime. Despite the efforts of many, Dunphy was hanged at Waterford Jail on April 10th, 1900, 36 years to the day after the last hanging had taken place. Patrick was the first person to be executed in Ireland in the 20th century. Wow. And that was the case of the poisoning of John and Eddie Dunphy. That was a good one. I mean, sad, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> motives. I mean, really, that in desperate need of money. Yeah, to kill off like no. And I mean, like, he was seventy-four. What did he need at seventy-four years of yeah, age? There wasn't much to buy. No, Man. I don't get that. <laughs> Although, I have to think, like, back in the day, like, that time period, yeah, I feel like people bought their house or built their house, so yeah. they don't even pay for it at that point. Right. Who's actually kicking you out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I mean, he so, was a farmer. He had his own food, sort of thing. Yeah, so like, senseless. Very. Greed is what it is. 100% greed. I'll do that to people. It definitely will. Thanks for everyone for listening to our first episode. Yeah, that was, I think that was good. I think that was that very nice. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Let us, um, we're always, this is our first episode. We're always learning, growing. Yeah. So feel free to leave comments, uh, critiques. Yeah. How we can improve. Uh, we're, us, any cases you want us to do. We're also on Instagram at Sleuth Sisters Pod and on TikTok yep. as well. Sleuth Sisters Pod. So if you want to message us there, feel free to yep. do so. Just give us some cases, give us some mysteries. Yeah. Conspiracies to look into. Love that. Let's do it. All right. All right. Perfect. Job. Thanks. All right. Until next time. Sleuth Sisters out. <laughs>